This is Anthems. My name is James Factora, and I'm a writer and musician who covers queer cultures and politics. Your word of the day is dissonance. I felt my voice dropping long before I could hear any changes. I've found that much of early transition is this way, an almost indescribable shift deep within before any change is ever perceptible to the outside world. That's how it was in this instance. One morning, I woke up, and seemingly overnight, and much sooner than I expected, speech seemed to reverberate differently in my chest. It felt warmer, more expansive, like there were dark corners inside of me that had never before been touched by sound. And all of a sudden, there was my voice, filling those cavernous places. The sensation, the knowledge that I was on the precipice of something unforeseeable was at once thrilling and terrifying. The voice drop is the public hallmark of transmasculine transition. As a teenager growing up on the internet in the 2010s, scouring the web for transition-related content led me to countless videos that all followed the same format. Hi, my name is James, and this is my voice seven months on T. Each subsequent clip denoted that more time had elapsed, that the vlogger's voice had deepened a little more, and generally speaking, that they appeared happier and more at ease. But. Whenever I looked for advice on how testosterone affects the singing voice specifically, I'd invariably find forums flooded with warnings against the dangers of tea, horror stories of how people had transitioned and suddenly found that their singing voices seemed to have been stolen away, that they were filled with regret. Even when I found the rare story of a transmasculine singer who continued to sing post-transition, they all admitted that, just as with the natural testosterone-induced puberty, their voices had gone through unseemly transformations, losing any semblance of vocal control as their ranges shifted downwards, and of course, the dreaded cracking. Being a singer has been integral to my identity since I was a child. Some of my earliest memories involve being made to sing karaoke at family functions, with Thank You for the Music by ABBA being a recurring favorite. Like the protagonist of that song, I considered my voice to be one of my few saving graces. I could be socially awkward and hate wearing dresses and generally feel stuck in a way that I couldn't quite understand as a child, but singing was my old, reliable party trick. As a queer teenager, singing became a survival mechanism. I spent countless nights forcing myself to hold on to life by pressing my fingers into the frets of my guitar until the skin calloused, playing and singing through an artist's discography until I felt better, or at least stable. For three or so minutes, I could lose myself in a song and rest easy in the knowledge that despite whatever turmoil might be happening in my external life, my singing voice and how beautiful it was remained a constant and that no one could ever take that away from me. Except myself, of course. When I was about 15, I knew that I wanted to transition, but I also knew that I didn't want my voice to change. I'd gladly welcome all of the other effects of tea. If I could, I'd even take my speaking voice dropping if only my singing voice might somehow be preserved, which is of course impossible. So for nearly a decade, I told myself that transition just wasn't for me. Sure, some aspects of it sounded nice, and sure, my mental image of myself was much more masculine than the person that looked back at me in the mirror, but ultimately, if I was hung up on a frivolous concern like my singing voice, did I really, truly need to transition? Here's the pesky thing about core desires. They never truly disappear. 
You can try on a million different identity labels. You can chalk it up to the pressures of the patriarchy. You can tell yourself that you can stomach a baseline level of visceral discomfort and unease in exchange for your life staying exactly the same as it always has been. But you can never get rid of those primal needs for good. And pretending like you can will only ruin you. Humans can only tolerate so much cognitive dissonance. As it turned out, the answer to the question, do I really truly need to transition, was a resounding yes. That didn't mean that my singing voice was no longer important to me. It meant that after around 10 years of painstakingly weighing my options, I had come to the conclusion that I could accept this trade-off in exchange for the possibility that I might feel at home in my body for the first time ever, as bittersweet as that might be. After I felt my voice dropping for the first time, I was filled with a newfound fervor to drag my friends to the gay bar that does karaoke on Tuesday nights and sing the songs I knew would be out of my reach in a matter of months. I wanted a ritual of anticipatory mourning and a celebration of the changes to come. I wanted more than anything to be witnessed. In a slightly more practical sense, I also wanted to do what I could to preserve my vocal health. So I signed up for voice lessons with the transmasculine teacher to boot. He too had delayed transition for much of his life for fear of losing his singing voice. He knew intimately what it was like to make that trade off. But the truth is, he told me, we're never in control of our voices anyway, as much as we like to think we are. Our voices are our most unruly selves, wild, semi-autonomous beings living inside of us. In a nutshell, the id. Much of singing, contrary to the belief I'd held my whole life, is actually about giving up control. There are certainly technical aspects of singing, the shape of your mouth, your posture, your breath, but so much more of it than I had ever realized is psychological, allowing the ego to fade into the background and trusting the voice to do what it needs to do, even if what it needs to do is crack and strain to hit notes that used to come with ease. Dissonance in music isn't so different from the psychological theory of cognitive dissonance. Both refer to the unpleasant sensation that results from holding multiple seemingly conflicting ideas or playing seemingly conflicting notes at the same time. Both require a resolution. Musical dissonance is often described as sounding harsh, discordant, jarring, ambiguous. It creates tension, making listeners wonder just how these unpleasant sounds will come to a satisfying conclusion. This is also how the transmasculine voice is often regarded. Our voices in the first year or so of transition are undesirable, a work in progress, frankly, embarrassing. I have a whole newfound well of empathy for cis teenage boys now. But what if that wasn't the case? What if we regarded the transitioning voice as something precious in its own rights, worth celebrating for its idiosyncrasies and imperfections? What if the dissonance mattered as much as its inevitable resolution? I'm still trying to answer these questions for myself. To be clear, I'm far from a point of total self-acceptance when it comes to my voice. Transition has been the best decision I have ever made for myself. For the first time in years, I like the person I see when I look in the mirror. And at the same time, I still feel an ache in my chest when I try singing an old favorite song of mine and find that the notes no longer come with the ease they used to. But one unexpected surprise that Transition has brought me is that I'm actually more deeply connected with music and my own singing voice than I've been in years. When I practice or warm up, making ridiculous trilling sounds alone in my office where I hope to God that no one can hear me, 
I'm honoring my changing voice, taking care of it with intention and love the way it's always deserved to be taken care of. I am telling it that I accept it as is and that it is not alone. I even agreed to join the trans choral ensemble that my voice teacher leads, a concept that would not have been remotely feasible to my teenage self, or even my 2021 self if I'm being totally honest. In this ensemble, most people, regardless of gender, if not all people, have pretty much the exact same insecurities that I do about my voice. And we show up anyway, week after week, and push through the fear together. Yes, our individual voices are imperfect. And when we sing together, imperfections and oddities melding together into a collective instrument, it's one of the most gorgeous sounds I've ever heard. Dissonance. Noun. Definition. A simultaneous combination of tones conventionally accepted as being in a state of unrest and needing completion. 